Hello, my name is Rosanna Molunio and welcome to the Rosanna Mod Podcast. Want to modify your life? That is corny, but I'm going to keep it in there. This variety show brainstorms solutions for everyday challenges, unlocks your secret potential, think outside the box with creative ideas that improve your business and your life. Get inspired with special guests, get motivated with how-to projects for the whole family, and learn that life is too short for anything less than being happy. Laugh with me or at me, it doesn't matter, somebody's going to laugh. Welcome to the Rosanna Mod Variety Pod. This is your vessel and host, Rosanna Molunio, episode 129. 129, 129, does it matter? It's 129. Tuesday talks. It's ghost story time. I wrote an article, you can find it on Hub Pages. It's called Ghost in Bayonne. If you're interested, that would be the transcript of a true story of an, one of my many experiences that happened in Bayonne, New Jersey, when we used to live there. And this was back in the 90s. We were there less than a year, and my daughter was four, my son was eight. I have never been afraid of the other side or the paranormal or anything like that. I've actually found myself very comfortable with that whole idea. So for me, this was nothing new. What was new was the fact that my four-year-old daughter was experiencing these things. So here we are in this brownstone house and we were renting it. I lived there with my two kids, my four-year-old daughter and my eight-year-old son and my sister and my parents. We were all together. Here we go. It was a three-level home. There was a basement, a middle, and an attic. We were never in the attic. It It was a door, like the one in Beetlejuice, you know, the top door with the long running staircase, and it went down into a door that was where we lived. And then there was another staircase that went down into the basement where the laundry room was. There was a washer and a dryer there. I've always been very sensitive. My sister's the same way. And in this house felt very like you were always being watched or there was always someone there other than the people in the room. And the basement and the staircase uh, that went up to the attic and down to the basement was really creepy. So that door that was between the kitchen and the living room that led to the basement and the attic was shut all the time. You couldn't even walk past it because it just, you felt like there was something almost evil behind it. I don't like using the word evil because I've never, uh, no, I have experienced the evil, but I wouldn't say it was evil. I think it was more curiosity on the side of the other people, like whoever was there. They're curious about us, right? But it was still a very negative feeling. Now, My daughter and my son slept in one room, and I believe I slept with my sister in the next room. Parents had their room. My sister and I had the adjoining room next to my kids. They always slept with the door open, never shut the door. One day, my daughter comes over to me and says, Hey, Mom, last night while you were sleeping, this man came into my room. Of course, when you hear that, you know, you've... I was freaking out. I'm like, what are you talking about? What man? And she said, it was a guy kind of like old fashioned from the movies you like to watch. And when I dug a little deeper, I found out that it was like a 50 style guy with the DA like grease, you know, she said he was he was he had his hair slicked back shiny. He had a t shirt and cigarettes underneath his sleeve, a red box, she said. And then she said he wore jeans 
and black shoes. She was very descriptive and very detailed, which is really amazing to me for a four-year-old. So I thought, well, she's remembering this dream pretty good, you know? She said that he sat in the end of her bed and that he would point to the floor and say, look, I want you to see something. And the little ambulance, she said it was all miniature size, would come rolling out of Uh, underneath her bed and these uh, paramedics would come out with the gurney and pick up the body of a girl that was on the ground put her in the gurney cover her up put her back in and then take a mop and clean up blood and then go around and back underneath her bed again and she said that she looked underneath her bed and she she couldn't find anything and she said what was that and he said they're trying to blame me for that that was my girlfriend I didn't do it I need for you to help me tell people that I didn't do it. I didn't kill her. And she said, well, what's your name? And he said his name was Mike or Michael. And I don't know if, if he gave her a last name, but she didn't give it to me. All I know is that she tried to wake me up and he wouldn't let her. And he said, no, don't wake up your mother. And this is just between you and me. Uh, can you help me? And she said, okay, but but my mom would help. And he's like, please don't tell her. So of course she told me. I said to her, the first thing that bothered me about this whole story is the fact that he didn't want to wake me up. And I think that that's a big deal. So of course I believed her. But in the back of my mind, I thought, well, it could have been a dream. Problem with that is she said that he was visiting her more than once and he kept replaying the same story now kids don't usually have recurring dreams it's I think it's pretty rare for anybody to have a recurring dream and for the detail that she gave me that I never forgot I remember trying to help and finding out I wonder if there was ever a murder in Bayonne you know of a girl and it would have been the 50s you know who could it be that he didn't do it and I don't know I remember trying to research this, but then in the back of my mind, I thought, stop, because this guy doesn't want me to be involved. Why doesn't he want me to be involved? A four-year-old girl is not going to help him. So I realized that there was an ulterior motive here, and I I don't know what that motive was. All I know is that it wasn't a good idea for me to continue. So I told her, next time you see Mike, I want you to tell him this, that I told my mom And she said that she can help you if you want, but if you don't want her to help you, then you need to stop coming. She did. She told me that he came again and that she told him. She said he just completely disappeared in front of her eyes, went away, and he never showed up again. That was the first real creepy contact, okay, of the ghost. That's not the ghost of Bayonne. That was just the the initial parts. We're getting to the big parts, okay? Another time, the organ. I had this organ for my daughter. She loved music. It was one of those cheap plastic orange battery operated organs with the white keys, you know, and I put it on on the very top of the dresser so that they wouldn't be able to reach it at night because I knew that they, she would be playing it or, he, or my son would be playing it. One night we were all sitting out in the living room. It was late. You heard the sound of the organ playing from the bedroom but it wasn't like regular music. It was like if you let a cat walk on it. That's what it sounded like. It was very untuned mess. The first thing I did was jump up because it was so late. I was mad. I thought, oh, why, why is she playing the organ? You know, I get up, I walk into the room. As the, the, the music I can hear is still playing as I'm walking down the hallway. As I get to the door, the music completely stops. And I can see, because the door was open, that the kids are completely asleep both of them in their beds there's no way you know that they would have run because I would have seen it or heard their feet so I I looked at the keyboard I remember 
picking it up and looking at it, and it was off. And I thought, okay, it's off. I got really close to their faces to make sure that they were asleep, and they were both asleep. Okay, went back out, sat over there again, and, and my, my parents were saying, oh, why, what are they doing still up? And I said, no, they were asleep. Isn't that weird? And my, my dad's like, well, maybe it's the battery. Maybe the batteries went out. Those are actually brand new batteries because I remember I had gotten new batteries for her just to give, keep her entertained because she liked to play. As we're talking, the same thing happened again. This time, I remember getting up and I, I believe one of my parents was with me. I don't know if it was my mother. I, I doubt it was my mother. It was probably my father or my sister. We kind of both all got up and got close. And then as soon as my, as we got close to it, it was still playing. As soon as my foot hit the inside of that door, it completely stopped. It was weird because everybody saw it. Did you just hear and see that? I had them both, you know, everybody left and I kind of stayed in the room a little bit. And then I realized, I wonder if this was Mike playing games or somebody, you know, he's being a jerk or whatever. And I just stood there and thought, you know, I'm gonna say something here. I'm gonna say, look, these are my kids. You know, they're not doing anything to you. Just leave them alone. If you want help, I can help you. If you need to talk to me, talk to me, but keep my kids out of this. And I remember saying a little prayer. I said in Our Father, I said a Hail Mary. You know, I did kind of like the sign of the cross before I left and I walked out and everything was fine. I didn't feel anything in that room. There was no feeling of anger or evil or any kind of an energy or a negative energy. There was no energy. When I finished praying, everything just got clear and I felt like everything was fine. That was not the end of it. One day, my daughter and I are walking. We're waiting for the cars actually to cross the street. And she looks up at me and she says, hey, mommy. I said, yeah, honey. Do you remember when you used to be my brother? And I said, uh, I was never your brother. I'm your mother. And she said, no. She goes, you were never my mother. You're my mother now. She goes, but before you were my brother. I said, I was. And I said, when was this? And she goes, ah, I don't know. She's a long time ago. I said, where where were we? Where, where did we live? Did we live here? And she said, I don't know. She goes, but it didn't look like this. It was a big street and the cars were really big and they had big tires, big wheels. And you and I were crossing the street just like now. And then a big car came and hit me and, and cut my legs in half. Do you remember? You weren't paying attention. And I said, oh my God, no, I don't remember that. And I said, was I your big brother or your little brother? And she said, you were my big brother. You were supposed to take care of me. Don't you remember? And she just got frustrated that I wouldn't remember. And she kept saying, I had a, I had long braids. I had a dress, like old-fashioned dress. Like, uh, I said, like the little house on the prairie. And she said, yeah, like that, like that. I look like that. And you were my older brother, and you look like that too. You were dressed like that. And, and I said, well, what happened? Did, were you okay? And she said, well, I lost my legs because of you. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And she goes, okay, okay, it's okay. It's okay. Accidents happen or something like that, she said. And then she just was kind of okay. I said, well, are you happy that I'm your mommy? And she said, yeah, I'm really happy that I'm your mommy because, you know, I love you and all this. And so ever since that day, she wanted everybody to dress her with old-fashioned clothes. She wanted to wear braids. So she started walking around the house looking like Little House on the Prairie Girl, okay? And she just felt very comfortable that way. That wasn't a problem for me. But that was not the ghost of Bayonne. 
The ghost of Bayonne happened when one day, again, we were all sitting in the living room and I heard her talking to herself in the bathroom. And I remember nobody was really paying attention only because I have like the ears of a wolf, you know, it's a joke. It's a running joke, but it's true. I hear everything. And I'm sitting there and I hear her talking to herself like really low, but then I hear a man's voice. And I looked over at my sister, I remember, and she kind of like looked at me and I said, do you guys hear that? Like really low, you know, I said it. And um, they said, what, do you hear her talking to somebody? And they kind of said, yeah, I do hear that conversation. What, who is that? And I now I remember that my father was not in the at the table at the time. I don't know where he was, but he was not at the table. So I thought, it was my dad. And I was like, why would my father be in the bathroom with my daughter with the door closed? I just, it's just a mother's thing. You know, it's just an instinct that you have as a mother. You always want to protect no matter who it is. So I ran literally to the bathroom. I opened it. I'm like, I'm like looking around. I opened the, the uh, curtain in the bathtub to make sure that there was nobody in the bathtub. And I said, who are you talking to? And she said, the man. And I go, what man? And she goes, the man next to you. And I remember in my peripheral vision seeing a shadow that was taller than me, but it was just a shadow. It wasn't a, a face or anything. It was just a, a he, he was very steady and I didn't feel any fear. I remember feeling very comfortable and I asked her, who is he? And she said, his name is Tom. He says, you're nice, mommy. I said, oh, he did. I said, well, tell him he's he's nice too, as long as he takes care of you and makes sure that you're okay. And she said, oh, he's very nice. I said, well, what are you guys talking about? And she told me that he was telling her about some kind of train set that he was supposed to give his grandson, and but he never got a chance to give it to him. Uh, it was in the basement somewhere. So I said, well, I said, you know what? If you guys are not finished, I'll let you finish. I said, nice to meet you. Oh, he's smiling at you. He likes you. I said, oh, well, good, good. Well, I like you too. I said, I left. I shut the door. I'm usually not moved by situations like that, but that moved me because I had never gotten so close to where I actually saw something from the peripheral of my vision that close. I was never standing like that close to, to an entity before. So it was almost like I crossed over some kind of a parallel line or something. I got a, a view of something and it and a feeling of something on top of that view. Plus I heard it. So it was all these things secured my belief in you know, another life there after death. My father got a hold of the owner of the house and the owner drove down to see my daughter. And he talked to her and found out that the description that she gave was, in fact, the man that lived there who had died. He had diabetes. He lost his leg. She had told him that he limps. She had told him that he had a white beard and white hair and he was old and he was wearing brown suit, the same color suit that he was buried in. Indeed, there was a train set in the basement that was for the grandson that he never got a chance to give him because he died. And then after that, I had met a man who lived next door. And he had told me that when he was a young kid, he couldn't stand going to that house because it was haunted. And I'm like, what do you mean it's haunted? Like, I never even told him about anything. I was just talking to him. 
And he's like, how could you live, you know, how could you live there? Did you see anything? Did you hear anything? I'm like, why would you ask me that? He said when he was young, he would go over there and play with this guy who was the grandson that got the train set. Every time he would go in there, he would see things flying in the ceiling and he got scared. And he said, you know, I'm never going to go back there again. And so I told him the story and he couldn't believe it. He was like, oh my God, that is so crazy. I don't know, you know, where that comes from. All I know is that when you experience something like that, you have to pay attention. Now, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you guys about, if your kids ever tell you that they saw something or they heard something, don't call them a liar. Don't dismiss it. Really sit down with them and ask them everything that you want to know. Make sure that you write it down so you don't forget it. Make sure that you write down details of what they say because they might forget it. My daughter doesn't remember any of this. She barely, I mean, every now and then she might say, oh yeah, kind of, but not really. Because what happens is that when you pass away, you make this circle of life, like the circle of life. You're born, you live, and you die, right? When you make that circle, the end of the circle of death touches the circle of life, of the beginning of your birth. And when you're younger, you're closer to that beginning circle. Therefore, you're more sensitive because you have less life experiences and you're closer to your other life in your memory, if that makes any sense. Your spirit remembers its previous life than the life it's living now. So that's why you hear all of these kids coming up with all these stories when they're about talking age until they're about four or five years old. That's usually when you hear stories from them because that's when their memory is the freshest. It's true. If you research this, I mean, you don't have to believe it. I believe it because it happened to me. My daughter and I have discussed it many times. And I'm not going to mention her name because I don't know if she wants me to mention her name here. So maybe at one point I will, but I just decided not to. Always pay attention to your children, to what they say, and your gut instinct because your instincts are what is going to warn you and is going to let you know of what's going on and most of the time your instinct is correct so pay attention uh, you can move into a new house or to an apartment and you can have it blessed by the priest you can do that if you're catholic you can go to your church and ask for a blessing and they'll do it you have to check with your state call up and ask your church I'm not sure if it's just catholics also that do it there might be different denominations that might do it. I don't see why they wouldn't. Other people use sage and you have to raise it to the corners, to every corner in the room. Each corner of the entire house has to be, you know, saged. Or there's, I know there's another word and I forget, so it doesn't even matter. So you just do that and it gets rid of the negative energy. Now, I don't know if that's as powerful as a priest coming in there and blessing the house. I would, I would assume the priest would be more powerful. Being a Catholic, I believe that would be true. But the sage, you know, does get rid of some energy. So on that note, I, um, I will let you go. And just remember, keep an open mind. I have more stories for you. I have more things to share. More stories of my daughter. More stories of myself when I was younger and things that I experienced even as an adult. And my ghost hunting, which I enjoy very much. Wrapping it up, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Look forward to 
talking to you more about it and sharing other stories. Also, if you have any stories of your own that you want to share and you want me to talk about on the air, please feel free to email me at uh, rosannamodpod at gmail. The links are below the show notes. Or you can use uh, Instagram and visit me there. And as always, thank you for listening. You are an awesome audience. I am definitely being listened to all over the world right now, all over the world. Amazing countries I've never even heard of. That's not true. It just, it it just, they're really far away. So I'm really surprised, but it's nice. It's nice to know that I'm reaching different types of people and hopefully helping you. And if I am, let me know. So from me to you, big hug, big kiss. Talk to you guys soon and uh, listen to the outro were see this is to avoid I'm supposed to I put the outro so I would have to avoid this part right here which is saying goodbye which is ending it it's so hard for me to end it it's very simple to start but for some reason I I have a real hard time just walking away the end you know something like that or maybe like a door shutting no that's too corny all right whatever (laughs) that's so typical me all right well anyway listen to the outro all right bye Thank you for stopping in. I always appreciate your time and I hope you gained something positive from today's episode. If you did, then share it and please show your love in the links below. You will be helping me help you. If you want to contact me, I know you'll find a way because my avatar audience is a genius like the host. So talk to you soon. God bless you. And what do we say? Ciao.